Malolele and welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Koro Vakauta. This week, the Tongan rugby team kick off their tour without a big gun. Fiji's rugby union struggles to meet. A couple of foreign internationals lead PNG cricket into historic territory. And we talk to the Solomon Island football star making his mark in New Zealand's capital. But first, the Tongan rugby side's northern tour is underway as they try to beat Georgia, the USA and Scotland. Their task will be made tougher by the withdrawal of Ben Tamefuna from the squad. The member of a New Zealand All Blacks training squad in the past was a shock inclusion in the Northern Tour squad when it was announced last month. He's since withdrawn and will instead take part in a charity boxing event in December. Despite the loss, the Tongan Rugby Union Chair Epele Taione is excited about the tour. Ideas on this that you know any international fixtures coming our way will be uh, most welcome in this part of town, and uh, we are quite looking forward for the November tour. The team is uh, excited. We're looking forward for a good result. Uh, would have been uh, maybe nice to have the services of a certain Ben Tamefuna. How disappointed were you to hear that uh, he wouldn't be joining the Kalitahi? Our players of the Kalabar Ben will always be welcome on, on a team like. Uh, like us, and you know he's a, he's a top-class player, uh, and you want all the best players on your side. However, I, we fully understand Ben's position, and whilst we we, we are disappointed, thank uh, goodness we we have a very formidable front rows, and we have great depth in our type five, and it's something that we always be thankful uh, uh, to. So. Uh, yes, we, we we are disappointed, but we wish him luck, and hopefully he will uh, he will join us soon in the future. As I said, a talent like you know, will always welcome him. Your other opponents you have later on in the tour, of course, are, are Scotland and the USA. The USA, fresh off uh, the match against the All Blacks, what did you think of that? Can you take anything away from that uh, performance in terms of your future opposition? Yeah, you can see, um, I think they... Uh, <laughs> I think they, they, they learned a very harsh lesson on Saturday uh, against a very formidable New Zealand side. Uh, I think it was a second team that would have New Zealand, but uh, obviously uh, the gap's still huge in there. I think uh, it was, I think the whole location solved uh, according to them. But yeah, we, we won't take them lightly. Again, we play them in the second game, which is on the 15th next week up in Cluster. We're expecting a, a win on that. But pretty sure they will be uh, licking their wounds after the uh, after the uh, lesson uh, learned against the Oplex. You mentioned hoping for a win in that encounter. The three tests that you have look to be, you know, winnable encounters. Is that what your goal is to come away three from three from this tour? It is our ultimate goal to to win all three. We feel as if we we, we are well capable of it. Our side believe in it. Our coaching staff uh, believe in it. So I think we we, we don't uh, expect anything other than win all three. So we, we, we already set the standard high. Uh, we beat Scotland the last time. Uh, everyone uh, said that it was just uh, a one-off. But uh, the main thing for us at the moment is to be consistent on the highest level. And I, I feel as if we've got, we got the right mix of, of uh, young players and, and old players. With the uh, Rugby World Cup looming for next year, we will have a lot of more adding to the side where there will be lots of players available for us. You know, uh, like I said, it will be ideal if, if the likes of Ben Tamefuna and, and others from New Zealand from Super Rugby will be available. I'm expecting a few more players to add into the rank of what we currently have at the moment. And I feel as, as well with the experience of uh, of Jake White, he will be a, 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 a huge positive um, addition to uh, 
uh, to not only our, our players and uh, the way we play, but as well as our management and coaches. How are the boys responding to uh, having uh, Mr. White? How are the boys responding so far? I think everyone is excited. Uh, I'm not sure whether the players are more excited or the, uh, <laughs> the coaching staff themselves. So everyone is quite shocked uh, the experience that have been added onto the site. Uh, from from um, from what we heard from from the camp and from the head coach and the uh, and the managers, everyone is pumping. You know, uh, it, there seems to be a spring on the steps of everyone there, quite excited about uh, uh, having Jake on uh, on the site. So uh, it will be uh, one of our priorities to make sure that uh, he stays on up and until the World Cup. But uh, it will be quite hard of, uh, to keep someone of that caliber. Tonga Rugby Union Chairman Epelitaione. The Fiji Rugby Union is struggling with trying to hold an annual general meeting. The FRU has tried to meet unsuccessfully twice with the union blaming constitutional problems. The opposition Sadalpa Shadow Minister for Youth and Sports has called on the Fiji Rugby Union to be more transparent in its dealings about the issues it faces and to explain what's causing their problems. FRU Chief Executive Randrondo Tambualevu says the union has not enough delegates to hold an AGM. The quorum uh, in our constitution is fixed. It is 40. But at this point in time, the number of delegates is below that. So we are stuck. I had petitioned the board and uh, expressed an opinion that I thought that the board had enough uh, powers within the constitution to change the quorum and then take it to the AGM within a specified time. The board sought the uh, a legal opinion, and the legal opinion has come back and said the board does not have that right huh? or does not have that power. So therefore, we have to find another way to have uh, an AGM. As you see, it's a chicken and egg situation. One of the things that's on the agenda for the AGMs that's now been uh, deferred is a revised constitution, where the unions are in concert in asking for a revision of it, and one of it is the change in the quorum. So how do you uh, go about, so what's the solution going forward now? The advice we've received is uh, for us to take it to uh, the judiciary, perhaps get some uh, intervention from the to give the uh, Fiji Rugby Union the opportunity to to change that quorum and then move on and have an, an AGM. How did we get to this situation, Mr. Tambor Levu? I, I cannot speak on what's happened in the past, but uh, at this point in time, one of the, as you know, the RB and this general society in, in, in general is big on governance, and I have taken that as a cue for my board to, to be a stickler for uh, governance. So, for example, if you are a delegate to the AGM, you are required to send in your delegate name seven days prior. Yeah. And seven days is seven days, not our Pacific seven days, but seven days. Those sort of things, huh? Uh, but but aside from that, it, it's an interesting indication of the change in the game. As you know, Koro, a lot of our players are going overseas. It is, uh, and then that player base effectively means that uh, our player base in Fiji is reduced. So therefore, we do not have as many teams that we used to have, and the number of uh, delegates that you that the union can put up to an AGM depends on the number of delegates. A uh, case in point is uh, our uh, one of our biggest unions, uh, Suva, our capital uh, team from our capital uh, city. Uh, they used to have more than 50. Now they're down to 36. So uh, whereas before they used to have uh, five delegates, now they have only three. Therein lies the um, 
the, the crux of the matter. How important is it? We had, as I mentioned, the, the Sadalpa member asking for answers, How and he mentioned how important rugby is to the people of Fiji. How important is it to get this resolved and sorted? Very, very important. It is say it's uh, come up in one of the first few sessions of Parliament. It's an indication of how important uh, rugby is, very much like, like in New Zealand. Rugby is the uh, parts of the nation, as it were, and it is now uh, becoming an opportunity for our young men to go and get uh, gainful employment. So we certainly want to uh, get our uh, house in order. FRU Chief Executive Rondrodro Tambualevu. The Papua New Guinea cricket team will make history this weekend when they start their one-day international series against Hong Kong. It will be the first time PNG's participated in official ODIs. Coaching the team is former New Zealand international Dipak Patel. It's a huge honour, uh, not only to be part of it as a coach, but I'm sure it is even more so for the players uh, who are going to be playing for their first ever one-day international for Papua New Guinea. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I can understand uh, how, how they'll feel, particularly playing on the international scene. And I think this is the... This is their vision and it's something that we work very hard for and I'm pleased that they're going to get this opportunity. In terms of your opposition, uh, what do you know about Hong Kong? We know a fair bit about them. Uh, we've played against them uh, over uh, quite a few times over the last few years, so it's nothing new. They may come up with one or two new names, but other than that, I think we're well aware of what they're capable of and what they'll bring to the table. So, uh, Look, yeah, we're just looking forward to the the opportunity of playing international cricket and our guys are, are geared up well for it. Yeah, I understand that they're uh, one one spot ahead of you guys in the world rankings. What what are your expectations of, of the two-match series or your goals, if you like? Well, I think uh, they've probably played a little bit more competitive cricket as far as international cricket is concerned than, than we have. But uh, again, like I said, uh, that could be an advantage to us too. The fact that uh, they know very little about us, uh, albeit that we have played against each other recently. But, yeah, look, they'll have a a fair bit of experience, which we don't have. They seem to get uh, a lot more uh, overseas players, so to speak, from India and Pakistan in particular. And and they bring a fair bit of experience uh, into their team. So that's what we'll be battling against. But again, uh, from a positive aspect from our end, um, is that... uh, yeah, we're a lot younger, although we do have a couple of experienced players. We'll use that to our advantage too. Now I see uh, on the uh, press release, a uh, press release from the PNG Cricket Association that you've got uh, the benefit, or you've got uh, uh, an experienced campaigner in the likes of uh, Garrett Jones. What's the benefit of having someone like that involved with the, with the PNG Cricket? Oh, it's huge. Um, you can't buy experience. <laughs> Uh, and certainly his his presence in the team and obviously his contribution will be greatly accepted. And um, you know, and I, I do believe that uh, although I, I I've never been involved with Grant, uh in the past, but uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, but yeah, the fact that he's played international cricket and played in the Ashes series that's priceless as far as we're concerned. And certainly uh, we, we'll we'll t- try and tap into that as much as we can. And I know it's only been early days, but it, uh, that's one name that probably a lot of uh, cricket followers will know. But are there other, what are some other names or players that have maybe uh, raised eyebrows for you uh, in terms of uh, PNG talent? Well, certainly the, the players that have had exposure to to higher grade of cricket, 
and Asad Vala. He had a couple of seasons uh, as a rookie with uh, the Renegades. Uh, you've also got Jack uh, Kavir. He he also been involved with a couple of bash teams, and uh, just of lately. Um, Lega Siaka, uh, who's just been given a contract to play for the uh, Renegades as well. Those are the type of players that we'll be drawing on to make sure that uh, you know we can put it with any team that we play against, particularly at international level. Those are the guys that certainly do stand out. But as a unit, they've grown over the last few months, I must admit, uh, playing in the Saka League. That's helped them a great deal. And, and I think that we'll be taking a fair bit of form into, into the two games. We spoke to uh, the Fiji cricket coach, Shane Jurgensen, uh, about uh, Fiji cricket where it's at. He talked about strength of his team being fast bowlers and the amount of all-rounders in his squad. How about uh, Papua New Guinea cricket? What, where does the strength lie in, in your squad or, or your players that you have at your disposal? Yeah, I think uh, that's another advantage we do have is the fact that we've got a lot of all-rounders. In fact, in the top six, we're going to have probably bowlers bowling probably you know, 10 or 20 overs. So that helps our balance, gives us a lot more depth in our batting. We can bat top-quality batsmen all the way down to seven and eight. So certainly that that's one of our strengths. But I think the one that really stands out for me, which I've been very impressed with, is is the, the quality they're fielding. That goes a long way. It's, uh, it's something that we take pride in. What are your goals as coach of PNG Cricket? I think the most important one, which was stated very early in the piece, was that to, to retain a one-day international status. That, that, that would be one, because... It's easy to get there, but to stay up there is one thing. Secondly, I think being able to achieve to, to get to a World Cup, either in T20 or, or, or ODIs, that would be certainly at the top of the list. So we've got to work towards it. It's not something that uh, is just going to happen for us. And the processes and structures that we've put in place certainly is targeting the, the, that, that, that uh, reaching a World Cup. PNG cricket coach Tabak Patel. The New Zealand club Team Wellington has kicked off their domestic football season with a win in the pre-season Charity Cup and a victory over local rivals the Phoenix Reserves. A key figure in the team is Solomon Islands captain Henry Ferodo. Koroi Hawkins caught up with Ferodo in our Wellington studios. The Solomon International spoke of his footballing journey. It all starts like back in the roots with the, in the Solomons, having um, you know grown up in the Solomon Islands. It's well known for football. It's number one in the Solomon Islands. So yeah, I think I started off playing, you know, football and like, you know, following my family and stuff. And um, I was lucky enough, one of the fortunate ones to come over to Nelson College on a soccer scholarship. And yeah, everything seems to, you know, roll on from there. I spent two good years in Nelson College and then I went to Australia and played um, in the semi-professional leagues in Melbourne and then progressed on and played with Melbourne Knights in the national, all national league and then eventually broke into the uh, Hyundai A-League with Perth Glory. So, yeah, it was pretty full-on. How was the the A-League experience? How, how did that happen and, and, and what was the experience like? Well, it all started when I first moved to Melbourne. I uh, played in the State League there in Melbourne for quite a few clubs. And then um, I got a player manager back then. And, um, yeah, he was helpful. He you know, spoke to a few clubs around uh Australia and the A-League was about to start and I was uh, lucky enough to get a breakthrough and Perth Gloria willing to take me in and I think it was uh, a highlight of my career back then and uh, it's a great experience as well being in the A-League. The first thing that came into my head as well is the, like the professionalism that um, I experienced you know, coming from an island nation, coming from a very relaxed sort of environment, coming to a professional sort of uh, setup 
it's a bit of a step up for me and I think yeah you know it's cha- changes me as well a little bit you know when it comes to for example like time management and stuff you know there's no island times or anything so my experience with the Perth Glory in the A-League was a step above um, you know football um, clubs I've been with as well so I think yeah, it kind of uh, prepared me for you know what's ahead as well. You've been in the Oceania Champions League a couple of times now with Kolale, I understand. Yeah. How many times was that? Um, I was with Kolale uh, twice um, in the O-League. And once we we made it all the way to the grand final against Auckland City, which were we were a bit unlucky as well at the end. But um, it was a good experience. Twice with Kolale and I was lucky, fortunate enough with one with Hikari. Where we en- eventually ended up being the first island nation to go to the FIFA Club World Cup in Dubai. So it was good experience for me back then and you're about to go into the o-league again now with team wellington uh, and it's the first time i understand for team wellington it's first time for a club outside of auckland to go uh, uh, in the o-league so i think for team wellington and you know even for myself i think it's a very big achievement and something that you know i mean that we're gonna you know remember for a while as, as a club it's always a dream you know to play at, at the highest of levels and stuff and to start off you know o-league will be another step up from you know uh, the ASB League, you play against champion clubs of other countries and stuff. And then after overcoming those, then you got the big boys. Playing overseas, what are the cultural differences, both on the pitch and off the pitch, that, that you've seen? Probably on the pitch, uh, you know, coming into a different environment, I think it's it's kind of hard being from the islands coming in and, you know, try and play football. And all you know back in the islands is, you know, you play football with your friends and stuff and you have a laugh around and stuff. But yeah, when you come into like, you know, a setup like this where a semi-professional or professional setup, then it's good to have fun at the same time when it's time to go down to business and stuff and it's really, you know, business and stuff. So um, I think, yeah, I think on the field, I just, um, you know, have to um, readjust myself and try and, you know, set my mind right, mindset right and stuff for games and stuff. But outside of football, I think the support is very good as well. I think over here, I think how they support players that come in is something that you know i think makes a lot of difference as well in a player it's support in what way i think just like you know support in they like the clubs they understand the different lifestyle that you come come from and stuff and you know they try to make you feel at home as much as possible and try and you know set you up as well you know help you settle down in a new environment and stuff and i think that's one thing that i noticed outside of football solomon islands has a distinctive style of play what are some of the differences that you, you saw uh, coming from the islands uh, and into a college, as you mentioned, and also playing overseas? What are the, the adjustments you had to make? And, and were, were the Solomon routes helpful or were they a disadvantage for you? The Solomon routes has its advantages and disadvantages, I guess. The advantage of, you know, playing in the Solomons is, you know, because, you know, having brought up playing in the street and stuff, it helps with a lot of skill work and stuff and, you know, a lot of flair. And I think that is an advantage. But then, you know, when I first got here, I realized that it's not all that as well. It's all about the technical ability that you have as well. Solomon Islands football captain Henry Ferrodo. And that ends the world in sport for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm Koro Vakauta. Mau mea.